Hello, welcome to New Walking Spaces, the podcast of the Coast Action Project, the geography of new walking spaces and the impact on the periphery. My name is Emmanuel Costa and I am your host today. As you already know, I am co-hosting this first series of the New Walking Spaces podcast with Dr. Chiara Tagliaro, researcher based in Politecnico di Milano at the Real Estate Center, Department of Architecture, Built Environment and Construction Engineering, and the leader of Working Group 4, which deals with the dissemination of this Coast Action project. What's up, Chiara? Hello, Emanuela. Thank you. Thank you for having me here again. I've been enjoying a lot co-hosting this series with you, and I am super excited for, for today. What about you? Oh, you can bet that, Chiara. I'm fine, thanks, and also looking forward to today's episode. In the previous ones, we have introduced the general overview of the Coast Action Project and presented the works being developed in Working Group 1 towards the taxonomy and typologies of new working spaces and Working Group 2, that is building an atlas of practices and direct and indirect effects of new working spaces. And uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, lose no more time and find these first three episodes on our podcast channel. We are on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Today, we will take another step into introducing this course to action. Uh, we already know, or at the very least, we are on the way to get to know the types, patterns, practices and effects of new working spaces in peripheral areas. But then, uh, what do we make of it to reflect on policy making? That's the question of the day. And uh, we bring a very special person to help us answer these questions. Am I right, Chiara? Yes, that's right, Emmanuel. Today, we have the, the pleasure to welcome Carolina Pacchi, who is Associate Professor in Urban Policies at Politecnico di Milano. She coordinates uh, the um, uh, master's program in uh, urban planning and policy design, and she has done uh, research on the transformation of urban governance in European city on forms of uh, grassroots uh, activism uh, at uh, local level. And she's engaged uh, in research on the transformation of workspaces and their impacts on territories in Italy and in Europe. She has been involved uh, in a number of uh, European-funded uh, research projects on governance in urban, environmental, and local development policies. And with the uh, CUSP action, she is the Working Group 3 leader. How are you doing, Carolina? Uh, thank you, Chiara. I'm doing fine, and I'm really thrilled to have this opportunity uh, to discuss a bit with you uh, and uh, with Emmanuel uh, the uh, state of the art of our uh, work group and what we're doing in connecting policies and new workspaces. Yeah, Carolina, thank you. We are very, very curious about it. Um, I would like to uh, remember that uh, you have been supported uh, in this important role by two um, some leaders that are not uh, here with us today, but that uh, I think is important to, to mention. Uh, one is Lenka Zmenkalova. She's a senior lecturer at the Department of Regional Development, Public Sector Administration and Law at Thomas Bata University in Zlin. Czech Republic, and also Maria Chiara Barzotto, who is Associate Professor at the University of Bath in the School of Management, UK. 
They have been uh, very, very supportive of your work. And of course, uh, all uh, the things that you will tell us today are also the result of work that uh, has been done and coordinated by these uh, two nice uh, uh, girls and researchers. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, we are thrilled to have you here with us today. Carolina, thank you for this. And uh, to kickstart our discussion, I would like to begin with a question that we have been asking to other working group leaders. Carolina, what can you tell us about the composition of this working group three? Who are the people involved? What can you tell us about? Work group three is a large work group um, formed of um, researchers across all the most of the countries in involved in the cost action. Uh, the interesting mechanism in a cost action is that the composition of work groups is decided grassroots. So it's the researchers themselves that is decide to be part of this or that or many work groups. So this means that it's based on real motivation and interest uh, rather than purely organizational issues. So we have a quite uh, rich group uh, that spans from Western Europe, Eastern Europe, Southern Europe, and then Mediterranean countries, etc. It's fairly balanced, both in terms of age and gender. Uh, and this group has been uh, crucial, I would say, in uh, collecting uh, policies that uh, are, have been the objective of uh, our main activity in the last few months, as I will be telling in a minute. It is important that you pointed out uh, how this uh, uh, composition is uh, uh, varied uh, and this is uh, one of the added values uh, of this cost action. Uh, so while this uh, working group uh, is uh, somewhat dependent uh, on the outcomes uh, of uh, uh, research uh, that was developed uh, uh, in the other working groups uh, on taxonomy and atlas of uh, best practices and direct and indirect effects, uh, you have uh, uh, already been conducting some insightful studies, uh, as you just hinted. Uh, what can you comment on the current activities that you are involved in? What can you tell us? The main aim of this work group is to identify a set of toolboxes, a set of mechanisms, I would say, that would um, enable to foster the uh, diffusion of new workspaces and to maximize their positive impacts on territories. Therefore, in order to understand which these mechanisms are, we have to understand uh, which type of policies, programs and projects have been done up to now to support uh, the diffusion of these uh, workspaces. Therefore, our work group has launched a survey on policies, guidelines and strategies concerning new workspaces. This uh, uh, has been based on an extensive uh, outreach to our colleagues, uh, researchers from the WG3 we were mentioning before. This has resulted up to now in the um, uh, collection of more than 30, uh, where I think 33 entries in terms of different policies, activities, guidelines, and similar documents across um, uh, some 15 countries. And uh, this has been the result of uh, 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 extensive work done by our colleagues, and we, we would really like to thank very warmly all of them because they, they have really been uh, devoting time and attention. Of course, this is also, as while the, the, the survey is closed, I think that there might be also opportunities to add in future uh, entries as new maybe programs or policies uh, are designed. So at the moment, uh, together with uh, Lenka Smekalova and Maria Chiara Barzotto, the sub-leaders that you mentioned before, 
We are uh, discussing the um, uh, results and we have been building an interpretative framework in order to come up with some, uh, um, for instance, recurrent tools and instruments to better understand the relationship between the different contexts in terms of institutional, political, economic and territorial factors and the specific policy instruments that have been used because we want to consolidate, let's say, this body of knowledge about uh, policies across the member countries in our cost action. Fantastic. Uh, very, very interesting. Can you perhaps uh, give us uh, some uh, uh, details already, but maybe they're not available yet, uh, on the uh, differences uh, among different countries and different types of policies uh, that you have been able to detect uh, thanks uh, to this survey? Yes. Maybe uh, one first element to underline is the fact that uh, it's not so easy um, uh, still today in Europe to find policies specifically targeted or aimed uh, at the uh, diffusion of new world spaces. This is interesting because we have seen many policies that can have as a sort of indirect effect the, the diffusion and consolidation of those spaces, but not so many of them are directly aimed at those workspaces because there's policies that have to do with rural development, there's policies that have to do with the diffusion of technological innovation, there are policies that are aimed at entrepreneurship, and there are also policies aimed um, at forms of um, urban or territorial regeneration. So let's say spatially aimed or spatially based policies that can have as an effect the um, emergence uh, and diffusion of new workspaces. So basically, I would say that the main result up to now is that some of those policies um, intervene directly because new workspaces are their explicit objective, while others are more indirect. In terms of scale and geographical location, we have seen policies that are designed at national or regional level, and that may have effects, so being implemented at local level. Uh, but we also have, have been seeing quite some uh, local policies, so designed by municipalities or at supra-municipal level by uh, uh, some form of uh, a group or consortium of, of local authorities. And we have been uh, particularly looking, given the um, uh, general orientation of this coast action, to policies in the peripheries, uh, particularly in, in, in rural areas. We know that across Europe, before at least before the pandemic, there was certainly um, uh, a disproportionate concentration of new workspaces in, in metropolitan ports. While we have seen that there's some attention also to the theme of the peripheries, rural areas, and more in, in general, areas that are located out of metropolitan ports. Of course, we have not been doing um, a full comparison of before and after the pandemic, but through those policies, we can see some uh, directions that certainly point to um, a stronger attention towards um, uh, non-core regions. Great. So perhaps uh, uh, what remains a curiosity for us uh, is uh, what's uh, the next step for working group three? Uh, what are your uh, expectations uh, until the end of the action? We are really looking forward because, I mean, there's been hard work, not only on, on our part, but particularly on the part of uh, uh, on the colleagues from uh, WG3. So. We are really looking forward to highlighting some uh, policies and mechanisms that are promising. We can uh, uh, identify some of them and uh, we would very much like to have the opportunity to discuss 
more in depth uh, these uh, results once we have finished the analysis, just with, with our colleagues, uh, uh, with researchers, but maybe also with some of uh, the policymakers and stakeholders in these very areas in order to get to identify some interesting uh, um, uh, tools that we might recommend uh, for uh, the toolbox that we will have to uh, define towards the end of the um, uh, cost action. So a toolbox at the European level. We are aware of the fact that transferability of policies is always a tricky issue. Uh, that uh, we cannot uh, uh, transplant policies from one context to another, but certainly we can identify some mechanism that can be tested and experimented uh, across different areas. Yes, I think this covers uh, all the, the great work that has been developed. But uh, I would like to ask uh, one final question, especially to Chiara, but also uh, Carolina, about the impacts that have been produced or what can we expect from Working Group 3 in terms of dissemination of this knowledge. This is a, a very, very important uh, point, especially for this working group uh, that uh, has a lot to do with uh, policymakers uh, and stakeholders. Of course, uh, uh, being uh, Group uh, 3, sort of uh, dependent uh, from the work that uh, is uh, before done by Working Group 1 and 2, uh, they are uh, starting now to disseminate uh, concretely their findings. Uh, however, they have been uh, already involved uh, in the uh, Routledge book uh, that uh, is edited uh, by Ilaria Mariotti, Pavel Bednara and Mina Di Marino, which is entitled COVID-19 Pandemic and the Future of Working Spaces, where they have uh, written a chapter, uh, in particular Carolina Pacchi, together with uh, Maria Chiara Barzotto and Nicola Dotti. And they are also evolved in the next summer school. But before uh, mentioning that, I would like uh, maybe Carolina to uh, give us uh, some more uh, details about this uh, uh, chapter that you wrote for the Routledge book. Yes, Chiara, um, this was an, an interesting endeavor with uh, Nicola Dotti, who um, um, is based in Brussels and who worked with us last year in, in the uh, work group three. Um, uh, we, we have been uh, reflecting upon the uh, transformation of policies supporting innovation, particularly looking at European cities. So moving from the 1990s, when the question was about industrial clusters, technology parks, incubators, so some form of, let's say, uh, uh, hard intervention to a more open and loose form of support to new workspaces that um, has to do obviously with themes of innovation, of entrepreneurship, but has significantly to do also with themes of community building, urban regeneration, and is much more, um, let's say, based in um, stakeholder involvement rather than top-down policies. This is basically what, what we have seen and, and some first um, reflections we have been proposing. Intriguing. And of course, I invite everyone to take a look at the book. We're very excited about it. I sadly needed to say that our time is up. Uh, as always, uh, we, we are having very interesting and engaging conversations. But uh, today we welcome the Carolina Pacchi, Associate Professor in Urban Policies at Politecnico di Milano and the leader of Working Group 3. Thank you for joining us today, Carolina.
Uh, thank to you, Emmanuel and Chiara. It's really been a pleasure to have the opportunity to um, talk about what we're doing and to present to a wider audience the activities we are doing. And I warmly wish uh, that uh, uh, there will be always engagement on uh, uh, a joint reflection about policies. Yes, definitely. Thank you. And also, uh, I extended this acknowledgement also to Lenka Ismikalova and Maria Chiara Barzotto, sub-leaders of this working group three, that unfortunately couldn't be with us today, but that they are also part of this amazing work. And uh, of course, uh, thanks again to my co-host in the series, Chiara Tagliado, researcher based in Politecnico di Milano, at the Real Estate Center in the Department of Architecture, Built Environment and Construction Engineering, and the leader of the Working Group 4, which takes care of the dissemination of research and activities developed in this cost action. Uh, this was a good one, wasn't it, Chiara? Of course, Emmanuel, of course. Uh, I think... Uh... Uh, we make a very good uh, co-hosting team. I'm uh, really uh, excited about uh, the idea that we'll uh, keep this uh, collaboration on for the next uh, at least a couple of episodes. So I'm uh, very, very uh, happy. And of course, uh, thank you for the invitation. And I'm looking forward to the next uh, episodes. In the next episode, we will welcome the early career researchers involved with this coast action. I mean, we have uh, already uh, heard a lot of young scholars throughout this episode, including your host and co-host of the series, right, Chad? Yes, we are, we are still pretty young, we can uh, say <laughs> Definitely. And also Maria Chiara Barzotto, who uh, is a sub-leader of this working group, but we also had the presence already in previous episodes of Mina Akavan, Heliani Tabrizi, uh, Anastasia Sinicina, um, with who we've spoken in the past. But at this time, uh, we're going to focus uh, the conversation on how this project, how this course action is helping to consolidate the careers of these young and promising researchers. Leadership positions, scientific missions, joint production, and much more. So don't miss out. And also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And please, please, please follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, on Twitter. And of course, if you like this episode, share it with your peers and colleagues. Okay? Uh, thank you and see you next week. Bye-bye.